Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hi, my golf friends. Welcome back to Above Par. I hope you're having a beautiful week. This is Thanksgiving week. If you are listening to this live, if it's a Wednesday before Thanksgiving and you're listening to it on the day it's released, I guess it's not live, or Thanksgiving if you're in the United States. And I wanted to talk to you today about football because this is a big football week. I wanted to tie in football and golf and outcomes and create some analogies for you on how we get attached to our sports and how we can do that with golf too. I came up with this idea because I was watching a football game with a friend of mine who was, we. so I'm an Alabama fan. I have two daughters who went to Alabama. My husband went to Alabama. I have one who's still there in grad school. They have a lot of my money. They get my support. And we have a lot of friends in town who are also Alabama fans. So we get together, we watch the games, and it's a very enthusiastic group. My friend came to watch the game with me. She was from out of town and she watched the game. And I heard her on the phone saying, I was just watching a game with a bunch of crazy Alabama fans who were screaming at the TV. (laughs) And I was like, wow, yeah. Aren't you supposed to scream at the TV when you're supporting your team and you're an enthusiastic fan? (laughs) Not that we think that anything is going to happen or that they can hear us. Even when you're in the stadium, they really can't hear you per se. I guess that's not true. I guess collectively, it can be something that gets in the way of communication on the field. But they can't hear us giving them suggestions from the cheap seats on what to do. But yeah, so we get (laughs) very enthusiastic. We're even superstitious. So if the team's not doing very well, we have uniform changes. (laughs) Everybody go and change your jersey, basically. (laughs) Like that's going to help. But this is, there's a lot of studies on being a sports fan and the psychology of that. There are superstitions that people have. There is a lot of community involved in belonging and having and supporting a team. I am also a Bills fan. I'm from Buffalo. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I was traumatized by the four lost Super Bowls of the 90s, if you're old enough to remember that. <laughs> it was very traumatic. I was very attached to the outcome. I was so sad for Buffalo. I was so sad for the team. It did affect me. I didn't have the tools that I have right now to help me in that manner. But I want to talk to you a little bit about how sports, particularly football, since it's a big football week. And if you're rooting for a football team, your favorite team, it doesn't matter. They're all fine. We all have our own alliances and attachments. You can be angry at me if if you're an SEC or don't like Alabama, that's fine. Or if you don't like the Bills, that's fine too. Totally neutral. And then we have stories about it. But I want to talk to you about how our golf games can relate to our experiences as a sports fan, particularly football. So if you're not a football fan, maybe it's soccer or it's basketball or another sport or your children playing a sport. So the first point I want to make is about how we can root against teams and people. There are plenty of people who root against Alabama. There's plenty of people who root against the Bills. You're going to root for your own team. This is not a problem. One of the things that made this very evident to me was when 
Alabama played Tennessee and they lost. I'm in a coaching group where the person who runs the group is from Tennessee. And she made a comment that, that she cried when Tennessee beat Alabama. She was so happy. She was so happy for her community and the Tennessee community and the school. And then someone made a comment like, I'm so glad they won. I hate Alabama. Now, this is not a problem. This is nothing about Alabama. It's just so funny that when we root so hard for people or teams, we also can root against other people because we want the other team to do so well or we want the person to do so well. So relative to golf, if you find yourself so vested in some outcomes that we end up rooting against people, maybe you root against someone who's won their club championship a bunch of times, or you're rooting against someone who just seems like they have a lot of success and you're not having that same success. It's something I think to really be aware of because it comes from such a scarcity mindset. It comes from the mindset that there's not enough to go around. I don't want to particularly win because someone else screws up. I want to win because I did well. I want other people to play well so that it pulls out the best in me. I'm not going to get better if people keep fumbling along the way going into 18 and ruining their score and the wind falls on me. I'm going to become a better golfer when they start playing really well in those last few holes and it brings out the best in my game. So if you notice yourself rooting against people at your club or in your community, your golf community, or in at tournaments, I would ask you just to check in with that. Why are you doing that? What do you think you're going to gain from that? Because a lot of times when people don't do so well, we get to feel better about ourselves. This is usually the case when we knock people down. We do that so that we get to feel better. If they go down, I go up. I think there's plenty of good golf to go around. Encourage the people around you to play good golf, and then you go after that. You pull up your game. You try and get better along the way. But when you compare yourself to other people who are doing well and you make yourself feel worse, that's when we're prone to sit there hoping the worst for them. That's not a good place to be. That's bad mojo. (laughs) That is going to circle back around and hit you in the butt. So instead of knocking people down, use it as a way to pull you forward. How can I be more like them? How can I excel like them? How can I play to that level? To bring it back to football, a lot of people look at the process that Nick Saban has created with the Alabama team. How can they lift themselves up to that level? Instead of knocking them down for the success that they've had in the past, how can we get better? Because by knocking them down and watching them lose doesn't make us a better team or a better golfer. The second point that I want to make, going to the Bills and going to Alabama, especially this year, we can't win them all. Or relative to the Bills, just one. (laughs) Just anything. But basically, it goes back to the premise that everything is 50-50 and everything is a curve. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. We can't stay on top all the time and we're not going to stay on the bottom all the time. You're not going to stay in the slump. You're not going to always suck, but you're not always going to win. And you're not going to always be at the top of your game. And when we can expect that we're going to have some ups and downs, that it's not always supposed to be at the top. If it was, we would not have the contrast of a bad round, of a bad game, of a bad play. We want the contrast of the bad with the good so that we appreciate the good, so that drives us forward, so that makes us work harder, that makes us look to excel. If we didn't have that contrast of having a crappy round and feeling bad about our performance, we wouldn't be able to appreciate all the good rounds and the good shots and the good performances. We wouldn't have things that would drive us to become a better golfer, 
a better person, a better football player, a better parent, all the things. So when we get better at embracing that it's not always going to be a win, that we're not always going to be on top of our game, it's supposed to be 50-50, 50% good and 50% bad. When we can just step into that and own it, that we don't get the rug pulled out from underneath us when we're having a bad round or when we're having a few rounds in a row that aren't so great. It's so much better to go in and say, yeah, this is part of the process. Sometimes I'm going to have little dips, but maybe I'm on the upswing and going back up versus taking those as opportunities to beat ourselves up or making something horribly wrong. Nothing has gone wrong. You're supposed to have bad days. You're going to have bad shots. You're going to have bad rounds. And then my third point that I want to mention relative to football is being attached to the outcome. So this means that we're so vested in the outcome and the results relative to football that it can affect our self-esteem and our self-worth and how we think about ourselves. Now, there's science behind this relative to sports fanatics and sports fans. There's a professor of psychology named Daniel Wan who did a study on this. This was his main study on testing the psychology of sports fans. He had a study where basically how the team performed became an extension of ourselves and how we perceived ourselves and our ability to excel or to perform well at certain tasks. So interesting, right? So your team win, you feel a little bit better about yourself. Your team doesn't win, you don't feel so great about yourself. Very A. So how do we attach our outcomes about our score and our round to ourselves? The more that you do that, the more that you tie your score or your result in a tournament or your placement, your win or your loss to your self-esteem and your identity, your self-worth, the harder it is for you to go out there and play to your potential. I know I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I just wanted to make this analogy to sports teams if you are a sports fan or your kids too, right? On how they perform and how they excel. We can sometimes attach our own identity and we can get validation from how our kids do. But I want you to look at yourself and your score. The better you can get at detaching yourself, your identity, your worth, your enoughness from your score and from your result or from your placement, the better you're going to perform. So are you going out there and playing and screaming at your own (laughs) game like a rowdy Alabama fan or a rowdy Bills fan? Are you screaming and needing every play to go well? every shot to go well. you being graspy with your game because you need it to do well so that at the end of the round, you get to feel good about yourself. Or can you cheer yourself on and be enthusiastic about your game, but totally detach the result from you and your identity? Now, that's not to say that we're going to end up the end of the round and shoot a horrible number and feel good. I'm not saying that. You can feel crappy Because we do sign up to play the game knowing that at the end of the round that we might get sucker punched, right, by ourselves with a bad score or a score that we're not happy with. It's okay to be disappointed. In the same sense, too, if you have a great round, it's it's totally fine to feel awesome. But neither one of those should be dependent on how we get to think about ourselves. There's a difference between I didn't play so great and I'm not a great player. I'm not good enough. Those two things are super important for you to separate so that you can go out and play your best golf, so that you can go out and show up and play to your potential. So you can get out of your way, you can swing freely, and you can think clearly. It's like watching a game that you have zero interest in the two teams. You're purely watching it for 
the plays, the athleticism. You're rooting it on for their talent and entertainment. You're detached from the outcome. You don't care who wins. You don't care who loses. And when you do that, you watch it with so much more neutrality. And when you can be neutral about your game and your shots and your outcome, then you can be more of a scientist. You can take the drama out of it and you can start working on the parts of your game that need to improve for you to get to play to your potential. All right, my friends? So I will be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, watching the Iron Bowl, probably yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and having a great time, totally detached. <laughs> okay, slightly detached from the outcome. <laughs> All right, I hope you have a beautiful Thanksgiving and a beautiful week. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.